0: General Milley commits treason, Nicki Minaj gets suspended from Twitter, and American Airlines kicks off a mother and her asthmatic son off a plane. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right, so let's go ahead and start things off here, dealing with a little bit about what took place in California over the past few days. So as many of you already know that I've talked about on this show, Larry Elder was one of the uh, really the top candidate, especially for a Republican running in California against Gavin Newsom. So this whole Gavin Newsom thing, obviously, he was the governor of California and There was a recall election because a bunch of people basically signed, um, signed these, this form, basically, this petition to do this recall election to allow for somebody else to take over his spot. Well, basically, the way that it worked out is that people needed to, first of all, vote to either allow for him to or vote against the recall in other words that he just remain as it is or basically vote to actually recall him and put and then if they voted to recall him they needed to bring in somebody else that was going to replace them and they would vote for that so basically Larry Elder was the top runner in this uh so we we finally got all the votes in and everything and it basically looks as if Gavin Newsom pretty much a 99.9% chance is going to go ahead and And continue to be the governor of California, which is not good news because we obviously wanted somebody in there that actually has some common sense that'll allow California to be a more free state. By the way, many of you also remember me talking about Caitlyn Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner actually got, or really Bruce Jenner, um, actually only got like 1% of the vote basically. So yeah, they didn't do well at all in, in that regard, but Biden actually talked during this whole situation, uh, to kind of discourage people from voting for Larry Elder, for example. So Biden said in a statement, and here's why. All of you know, the last year I got to run against the real Donald Trump. Well, this year, the leading Republican running for governor is the closest thing to a Trump clone that I've ever seen in this state. No, I really mean it, and he's leading the other team. He's a clone of Donald Trump. Remember, Larry Elder is a black man, and he's not even all that. He is a conservative, but he's more libertarian, I would say. But the thing is, is that you have Biden being the one that's obviously campaigning for Gavin Newsom, telling everybody out there in the media, don't vote for this Larry Elder guy. Don't blo- vote for the first, what would be the first black governor of California. Vote for this guy that's already been there, that's already messed things up. Remember, California is not a great place to be right now. People are leaving in droves out of California, going to Texas, going to Florida, because of the fact that California is a really bad state to be in. Those liberal policies are aren't very fun to live with. But as long as you have Democrats that are willing to go ahead and basically lie on behalf of the Democrat party in favor of Gavin Newsom, they'll do it. They don't care. So less than an hour after the polls closed in California on Tuesday night, multiple news outlets projected that the campaign to recall California, uh, governor Gavin Newsom had failed and he would remain in office. So ballots were set to California's 22 million registered voters who were asked two questions. First voters were asked, like I said before, uh, if, Newsom should be recalled. And then the second question was whether they should replace Newsom with someone else and who that would be that needed to uh, be replacing him. So like I said, Larry Elder, I think he actually had like 46% of the conservative vote. So he was actually doing really well. And had they actually voted to recall Gavin Newsom in a majority in that sense, he would have actually taken this away by a landslide. But unfortunately, that's not exactly what happened. But we have to look at the votes too and all of that stuff. So basically after Newsom effectively felt as if he won, which was literally like, like this says just a couple of hours after the polls closed, he said in a statement. We said yes to science. We said yes to vaccines. We said yes to ending the pandemic. We said yes to people's right to vote without fear of fake fraud or voter suppression. We said yes to women's fundamental uh, fundamental constitutional right to decide for herself what she does with her body and her fate and future, which, of course, what they're talking about is abortion. We're saying yes to abortion. We're saying yes to the science that changes every day that we don't really agree with half of the time, but we just but that we choose to pay attention to. And, of course, we're saying yes to vaccines mandated. Not just yes to the fact that vaccines exist, but that they're mandated for everybody so just to kind of clear up what he's talking about and what's crazy here is where he says we said yes to diversity we said yes to inclusion we said uh, we said yes to all those things that we hold dear to Californians uh, as Californians and would uh, and would argue as Americans economic justice social justice racial justice environmental justice and he goes on how is it that you said yes to diversity when the black candidate the, the, the literal black man that's running against you is the one that you're basically saying is a white supremacist. I mean, I, I've talked about this where you had se- not just Washington Post, but several of the different anchors on the news literally calling Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy. That's what you were parroting this entire time. So much for the don't don't talk about diversity, don't talk about inclusion. When what you're literally doing right here is showing that you don't care anything about the the color of somebody's skin, as long uh, it, at least in this situation, if they disagree with what it is that you feel, if their points are somewhere else, if, if they d- disagree with you on anything at all, then all of a sudden they're a white supremacist, they're a Trump clone, they're this, they're that. You don't care about this diversity, you don't care about any of it. And the biggest lie that I could possibly see is them making Californians think that by somehow voting for Gavin Newsom, that they're somehow voting for diversity when they ignore the black man on the ticket. I don't understand that, but we also have some other things that happened and took place in this election that make us have to kind of ask questions about it. So over 350,000 California recall votes actually disappeared live on CNN. I mean, the numbers literally just changed, which was kind of weird, but there's also some other facts here. California sent out 22 million mail-in ballots, as I mentioned, 25% 25% of California Democrat voters voted, uh, supported Newsom's recall. And then, uh, Dominion machines also for this election were used as well. These are the same ones we had problems with in the last election in 2020. And then millions of Republican voters were actually told that they already voted when they showed up to actually try and vote. A lot of this probably sounds very similar to what took place in 2020. And you'd be right to assume that because a lot of it is very similar. So there's obviously some worrisome things on the horizon. Our election's over. We'll have to kind of wait and see for 2022 to be sure. But it it wasn't looking very safe and secure, if you ask me, based off of the evidence that we're seeing here. And at the end of the day, California once again gets what they deserve. They're going to get another person that is just going to continue to make it one of the worst places to live in the United States. And at this point, they only have themselves to blame until they actually get some type of leadership in there that has a little bit of common sense. I don't foresee their options really changing anytime soon. So many of you have been following a little bit or maybe heard a little bit about the story with General Milley. This is the guy that's kind of the deep state guy that we already knew didn't like Trump. And now we got even more evidence that he really, really did not like Trump. So there's this new book called Peril, where uh, Generals Bob Woodward and Robert Costa claim that General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint's chief of staff, was so concerned that uh, President Trump would go rogue and, quote, spark a war with China that he made a pair of secret phone calls to his counterpoint in China. So this looks really bad. Because basically, to sum up what it's saying, it's saying that this guy hated Trump so much that he was actually talking to China and working with someone in China. So Woodward and Costa write that after January 6th, Milley felt no absolute certainty that the military could control or trust Trump and and believed it was his job as the senior military officer to think the unthinkable and take any and all necessary precautions. In a pair of secret phone calls, Mark Milley The chairman of the joint chief of staff assured his Chinese counterparts that the United States would not strike. So you've got this guy basically going under the the kind of, you know, kind of underneath everybody or or over everyone's head. I guess really the the terminology you would use there. He's kind of going over everyone's head, not telling them what's going on, skipping the, the normal chain of command and talking directly to China himself. This isn't a good look. Okay. This is not a good look at all. So, Uh, Shockingly, according to Woodward and Costa, it seems Milley communicated sensitive information to a uh, Chinese general and even suggested that he would warn China ahead of time if he discovered that Trump had planned to attack. Now, we know that Trump was no specific friend of China, but at no point in time was he thinking about sparking a war with China or anything like that. And Trump has remarked on those exact same things as well. But really, the discussion here comes to asking the question, is this treason? And I, I think the obvious easy answer is, of course it is. Because this guy is literally aiding a, a a country that does not have the United States best interests at heart. China only cares about itself, very clearly. I mean, there was a reason why Trump kept talking about the China virus. I mean, it, it, okay, we know where it originated from, folks. Doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. And you've got this guy basically going over everyone's head to speak to this, this Chinese government and telling them, hey, uh, I'll make sure Trump doesn't do anything. And if he does, I'll be sure to let you know ahead of time literally working against the interests of the United States. So just for those that may not believe me, here's the definition of treason out of chapter 115 of the U S code. So this, this isn't just a book definition. This is literally in law. Okay. About what is supposed to happen to people like that too. So it says, whoever owing allegiance to the United States, levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid or comfort within the United States or elsewhere is guilty of treason and shall suffer death or shall be imprisoned for less than five years Uh, for no, sorry, for no less than five years, and fined under this title, but not less than ten thousand dollars, and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. That's their definition in the code of in the U.S. law code, not mine. Okay, and we have to look at that. That's what this is. Now we'll see what happens, but that's what we have to look at. Now people need to understand that just because you don't like a president. When you're in government, just because you don't like a president, it doesn't really matter if you like everything he says or not. You have a job to do. You can't just commit treason and start talking to China just because you feel like it. This is not how that works. It's not how it should work. It's not how it's going to work in this situation. But Trump also commented on a little bit of this situation with this guy as well.
1: So first of all, if it is actually true, which is hard to believe, uh, that he would have called uh, China and done these things and uh, was willing to uh, advise them of an attack or in advance of an attack, that's treason. And I would think—I've had so many calls today saying, that's treason, number one. Number two, it's totally ridiculous. I never thought of it. You were there. You were you were, knew what was happening in the White House. You have plenty of friends. You never heard the word China mentioned in a thing like this. You heard a lot of anger about China on trade, and we made a great trade deal. You heard a lot of anger on China with the China virus. But— uh, for them for him to say for him to say that i would even think about attacking china i think he's trying to just get out of his incompetent withdrawal out of afghanistan the worst the dumbest thing that anybody's seen probably the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to our country where they they killed our soldiers they we left with embarrassment on our face we left americans behind And we left $85 billion worth of the best equipment in the world that I bought, because I was the one that rebuilt our military, and then Biden gave it away. For him to say that I was going to attack China is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And everybody knows it. And I have to tell you, I don't know if they have him on tape saying this, but I found Woodward and I found uh, his uh, cohorts to be extremely dishonorable people. That's why I didn't do an interview with him. I think he's highly overrated. This guy is one of the most overrated guys. He's a sleaze. But I did not ever think of attacking China. One other thing. I just read a report about a week ago where they said Donald Trump was the only president in decades that didn't start a war.
0: So clearly this guy needs to be arrested. Unfortunately, I doubt anything's going to really happen to him because everybody seems to be getting off scotch-free these days. And it's really sad in this situation that this guy literally knows. I mean, he knows what he's saying. I mean, they, they had him testify and everything. I mean, we have to take into consideration that this guy knew what was going on. OK, and he's willing to testify and basically say, yeah, this is exactly what took place because he knows that nothing's going to happen to him. I mean, this is the deep state that everybody's talking about, the, the plot against the president. I mean, there's so much there and there are so many more people other than this guy, too, that are involved and were involved in trying to get Trump out to work directly against his interests. I mean, Trump was literally had to fight to the nail to do anything that he wanted to do because everybody in the government was directly working against him. Remember, they don't like presidents that actually are telling the United States or the citizens the truth. They don't like that. They want the people that are the empty suits like Joe Biden, that basically are controlled by someone else. We know Joe Biden is not controlling himself. I mean, every time he gets on the stage, he's saying, well, I mean, they told me not to take any questions, or I'm gonna get in trouble if I do this. What president? How how you know what good leader is constantly talking about how they're gonna get in trouble from these other people if they take questions or how they need to, or or how they were told who to call on to or told not to answer any questions? How are you supposed to respect that leader at all? You just don't. I mean, that's the problem. Nicki Minaj gets in trouble with Twitter and really kind of the whole entire Democrat Party, basically, because she spoke out. I don't even really want to call it spoke out against. I mean, in reality, it's the fact that she actually just simply questioned the vaccine, simply questioned it. Okay, so this all started because she put out a tweet because a friend of hers apparently in Trinidad took the vaccine and basically became sterile. Now, this is a interesting development because when she figured this out, she put it up on Twitter and basically said that she wants people to make the decision for themselves, okay? That they should prey on it, make the decision for themselves, that this is somebody that I know uh, that this took place with. So just keeping that in mind, kind of, you know, just her opinion of what was going on. Well, she got extremely attacked because of this, okay? I mean, it wasn't just the Democrat normal people on Twitter. I mean, you had people like joy Reed from MSNBC, uh, several other people that were coming out attacking her like crazy for even suggesting that there's something that could have gone wrong with this vaccine. So the thing that we have to take into consideration here is, is that this is about the censorship. Okay. This is what this is really about. So she put out a tweet saying I'm in Twitter jail. Y'all just, uh, they didn't like what I was saying over there on that block, I guess. So, Like I said, she questioned the vaccine. You can't do that. That's the problem. I mean, we're in 2021, folks. You can't say anything against the vaccine at all. Okay. And you know what? They're actually legitimately scared of Nicki Minaj because she has an audience of like 25 million people. They are afraid of her even saying it's up to you, the individual, to make this decision. Because she said, pray on it. Uh, Don't let them bully you into getting the vaccine if it's not right for you. That's what she said. But what really actually got her into trouble, in addition to this, or really kind of, I guess, what uh, dug the hole even deeper, is that she
1: posted a clip of Tucker Carlson, of all people. Check this out. Oh, he's fine. It's Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's testicles who are swollen from taking the vax. That's the claim. But it's not anything to do with the physical effect of the vaccine that makes our political class mad. It's the last part of Nicki Minaj's tweet that enrages them. The part where she says you should... Prey on it, make the decision yourself, like a free human being, and quote, don't be bullied. So our media and public health officials didn't like this because they make their livings bullying people. So they couldn't let it stand. So like
0: I said, she got attacked by Megan McCain, by Joy Reid, which is the uh, black journalist, whatever you want to call her, from MSNBC. And, and you know Joy Reed's basically saying sister sister you need to understand you need to say this and you this is safe for all these people and you're just spreading misinformation and i mean she completely attacked joy reed like crazy i mean really just kind of slapped her across the face with the comments she was making cuz joy reed doesn't have anything else to say to that i mean come on like that that somebody can't be free to just question something that's what's scary about this. So she also re- uh, responded to another person that was claiming that the Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, was racist. But and so she, uh, Nicki Minaj actually responded to them saying, the black woman lied on me and made people attack me. But I can't quote the man who did the opposite. OK, and, and, that, and she's kind of pointing out their own hypocrisy. Right. Because what she's saying is that Joy Reid, the black woman that she's referring to here, is the one that hated everything about her. That, that, that got people in the cancellation mob to try and attack her with mean comments, and then the guy that's on Fox News, Tucker Carlson, comes out and basically says, hey, like she has a right to say what she wants to, to, to say, to question things, and then all of a sudden it's a problem? I mean, that's what's really crazy. It just goes to show these people don't care about your feelings. They want you to be canceled into submission. They want you to be uh, uh, slapped into uh, submission by them uh, sending all of these these mean things to you over and over again. Because that's how Democrats operate. That's how they do things. That's how they get stuff done in their opinion. They don't know any other way to do it. They can't come up with a good argument. So they have to resort to the name-calling, the yelling, the screaming. That's all they do. That's the only thing that they're good at. But the thing is that people will eventually start waking up when the mob comes for them. That's what she's realizing right now. That right now, you know, I, I, or maybe a few months ago, Nicki Minaj didn't think anything of it. She wouldn't have thought anything indif- or different about the vaccine or anything else. She just would have gone and done what she wanted to do. But remember, this is all because she was apparently supposed to be going to that Met Gala. The same thing that AOC was supposed to be going to or went to. And she was supposed to go, but she didn't want to get the vaccine, so they kept her from going. So she refused, she, she, she didn't show up there. And that's the situation that's going on right now. So she's somebody now that's kind of anti vax for herself, but hey, you know, if it works for you, do it. But for me, I don't want to do it because I've seen these other people talk bad about it. And more power to her for her to do that. Here's actually a little bit of her talking about this on a live stream as well.
2: You can't speak for the fear of the mob attacking you if that doesn't give you chills up and down your spine this is scary you should be able to ask questions about anything you're putting inside your body we we can we ask a bunch of questions about about the most simple thing oh that, how that glue work do that glue do that do that glue really um keep the wig down for how many hours oh because if i go in a pool and if i sweat it off and but you can't just innocently ask a question about something going in your body do y'all realize that i remember going to china and they were telling us you know be you cannot speak out against, um, you know, the the people in power there, et cetera. And I remember all of us thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, we understand and we respect the the laws here, and and you know that it's so different where we live. But don't y'all see what's f-ing happening? Don't y'all see that we are living now in that time? where people will turn their back on you. I'm not agreeing, but people will isolate you if you simply speak and ask a question.
0: So shortly after all of the outrage and everything, you actually had the White House reach out to her and basically invite her over to the White House at an unspecified time and date or whatever. So the uh, the actual thing that she tweeted out was that the White House had invited me Um, And I think it's a step in the right direction. Yes, I'm going. I'll be dressed in all pink, like legally blonde. So they know I mean business. I'll ask questions on behalf of people who have been made fun of for simply being human. In other words, for simply asking questions, that's all that she's talking about here. So the white house official actually uh, responded to this and said, as we have with others, we offered a call with Nicki Minaj and one of our doctors to answer questions she has about the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine. Now, when I hear this from the White House, I don't know if anybody else gets this vibe, but it's like from our one of our doctors and they're going to talk to you about the safety of the vaccine. What are they going I can tell you how that call is going to go. They're going to tell you that. You have nothing to worry about. It that that didn't happen. That was from something else. This vaccine's perfect in every way, Nikki. I mean, come on, right? I mean, this is the perfect vaccine. There can possibly there can be nothing wrong with this whatsoever. That's what the doctors are going to say. I mean, if they're in the White House right now, you can guarantee that they're hired to basically say that. That's what they're gonna do. That should be scaring everybody. That they're canceling her because of this, trying to get her to go to the White House just to have some spokesperson that's going to do nothing but parrot the, the, the vaccine is perfect line. That should be worrying everybody. We know how that's going to go. We know exactly how that's going to go. But the thing is that to the Democrats, the vaccine is like the Lord's Supper. It shall not be talked uh, uh, talked against. It's this thing that we must continue to do. You don't do it just once. You do it repeatedly with booster shots over and over and over again. That, that's the way that they're going to pull this, right? Because they are telling you that it's perfect. If, if there's any, think about it. The news never will tell you about anybody that's had an issue with it, from the vaccine. Never. They're not going to do it. Because they know even if it happens to one person. That that one person that them reporting on it is going to cause other people to be skeptical of it, and they don't want it to happen. That should worry everybody, because that means they're controlling the narrative, they're controlling what you know, they're controlling what you see, and they're able to basically use their platforms to hide information from you. And that's what's taking place here. Remember, Nicki Minaj didn't. It's not like she just came out as like I'm totally anti-vax. That's not what she said. She's like, hey. Pray on it. If it's right for you, do it. If it's not, don't. That's what they're mad about. That's what's worrying me about all of this. They put their faith into things of this world and they think that those things are perfect. And for some reason, they think that that's the way that it is, but there's nothing perfect outside of God. That's the thing that the Democrats will always fail to, to realize. They always will be trying to grasp for something to protect them. And that's why as Christians... Sure. Taking the vaccine is fine. I'm not, like I said, I'm not anti-vax. A lot of people would normally assume that that would be the case, but that's not what I am. I'm I'm pro freedom. You know what I mean? Pick what it is that you want to do. But as Christians, we have to realize, Hey, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't, but don't treat it as if this vaccine is literally God as if this thing is perfect in every way and that it can, it can be no, there can be no issues with it whatsoever. That's not how things are in life. Nothing is perfect. All things will waste away. Everything has some type of error to it. 99.99999% of people will probably be entirely fine, but some won't. And everybody should have the ability to decide whether that's something that they want to do or not. And that's where the real difference is coming down to right here. Now, look, I don't defend Nicki Minaj and her behavior as a person or as a human being. That I just want to be very clear about that. The fact is that I defend her right to free speech like I would defend anybody's right to free speech. But that's it. I'm not going to sit here and be the one that's going to tell you that. I, I, am, I have so much respect in her right now. I've seen so many people say that before. Believe it or not, they're actually out there saying, I have so much respect for Nicki Minaj right now because of her basically just questioning the vaccine. Look, I don't have respect for her. This is the woman that did the song "WAP," that did the song Anaconda. I'm not going to condone her behavior in life and what she's doing. She has a right to free speech like everyone else does, but I'm not going to sit here and just pretend as if this person is the, I'm going to defend her to the hilt no matter what it is. Look, look, Nicki Minaj is one of those people that's almost like Kanye West. When she's saying something that you agree with, then everybody's jumping on her little train. And the second that she says something far out in left field, all of a sudden everybody wants to back away and talk about how crazy she is. Give it two weeks, she'll say something stupid, and and nobody's going to be on her side at that point. But I'm just simply bringing up the fact that she has a right to free speech. That's all that this is. It's as simple as that. And 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 I'm not going to sit here and condone the grotesque things that she's done on stage in music videos and everything else like that. It just isn't going to work for me to draw respect from that perspective. But she has the free speech right. Everyone does. And it's a shame that you see this. the mainstream media attacking her, suspending her, telling her what she can and cannot say. I just hope that she wakes people up with this. I, that's what I really hope. Because if, if we're looking for something to start somewhere, it starts there. I don't care... What big conservative influencer is out there? Nobody's going to actually have the sway in people's minds like somebody like Nicki Minaj. Let's be honest. Whether you like her or not, she has a massive audience that can basically, at the drop of a hat, just be sent out to millions and millions and millions of people at any given point in time. So the fact that she's going hard against this and, and talking about the fact that she should be able to ask questions like a normal human being, to me, is a good sign. Because if she's starting to think about things and beginning to wake up, even if she is still crazy, even if I don't condone her lifestyle, other people will continue to wake up as well. And that's the start of something major. When the major players start to do that, that's why the Democrats are scared. They're scared because she's got this massive platform and telling people it's your choice. Not I don't like the vaccine, but that it is your choice to get it. That's what's scaring people the most about this. And that should worry everyone. American airlines kicks off a mother and her child because the child was not able to wear the mask for the uh, duration of the flight. This is a crazy story that kind of just came up out, of, out here. So this is about like, it's, it's this flight uh, 1284 was turned around and like I said, it kicked off the two year old that had asthma and his mother and his grandmother because the child was suffering from an asthma attack due to the mask mid flight and cannot wear the mask properly. Okay, I'm not kidding. You would almost think this is a joke. It isn't. I I really don't get it. So the the, uh, mother's name is um, Amanda Pendarvis. And she posted on her Instagram story of a video of her son who was having an asthma attack and was refusing to put the mask on due to his inability to breathe properly, which would be, you know, make common sense. You would think that at some point that people with asthma or some other medical condition would be exempt from this. But just see how they're treating this, especially a child that's two years old. It'd be hard enough to keep a mask on a child that young um, that's that, that doesn't have these medical issues, but let alone asthma. I mean, that's not good. It's not cool to do that. So she said in a statement, they had the plane turned around and had us escorted off to be met by police officers. Why? Wait for it, because my two-year-old was not properly wearing a mask. Mind you, he is asthmatic. Uh, we showed him a negative COVID test we had for him yesterday told him he has asthma and has never worn a mask before he did not care that uh that the child had asthma and was literally hyperventilating i was um not refusing to wear a mask nor did i say i wouldn't try to keep a mask on my son we were escorted off of the plane as i was holding a mask over his little face i genuinely don't have words that should just be it's such a sad story it it really is that action, by the way, for, from the, the American Airlines right there could have killed that child. I mean, if they literally were like, this child must wear this mask and they forced it onto his face. I mean, what about the story I told about recently where the teacher taped the mask to the child's face? What if that took place and that child died? Is American Airlines accepting responsibility for that? This is getting ridiculous. This is why we're so worried. This is why people are speaking out against this stuff. What's even more sad in a way is that not one person on the airline stood up to say, you're not doing this. (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, if people start standing up to these airline companies, they're going to lose everything that they've got. They can't battle half the plane walking off. They can't do it. They're going to lose their entire business if people are willing to stand up and fight for what is right. The fact that not one person even remotely said, hey, like, this isn't right. We're not going to stand for this. I mean, it just gives them the confidence that they can keep doing it and keep doing it because not enough people are going to gang together to do it. I mean, this goes back to that mass non-compliance. That's what it's all about. We have to band together to go against these people and and stand up for what is right against these tyrants because otherwise they're going to continue to do it. And this should just scare everyone. And it scares me because... This is it just it, it, it's already hard enough when I see like really young kids with the masks on at school, especially if they're like running outside. I mean, it just makes you wonder what in the world is going through these people's minds. What in the world with science said that this needed to be the case, especially when we look at kids not being uh, very uh, uh, or not having a, a massive amount of, of risk for COVID. You, you still see them do this. And it, and it really is just beyond all comprehension at this point. So last but not least, this TikTok liberal is basically saying that adoption is somehow racist.
3: So the myth that we usually hear about adoption is that it's like a nice family adopting a child in need to give them a better life. As someone who was interested in adoption, I actually looked into stories from adoptees themselves and what I learned horrified me. First of all, the history of the adoption system where I live in the United States is extremely colonial. It was built on a history of taking children of color from their families to give to white parents who could give them a quote, better life which is very racist obviously our adoption system today still operates off that same implicit bias and racism black children for example are nearly twice as likely to end up in foster care uh based on their percentage of the population of the u.s in total transracial adoptions are also disproportionately represented in these statistics with 90 percent of transracial adoptions being white parents adopting children of color centering this idea of white saviorship we also redirect funds through the foster care system in a really up weird way Many families who lose their children to CPS just need more resources to be able to adequately care for their families. But instead, we take their children and we give those resources to foster parents instead of the kids' actual parents to help them.
0: Mm. So the thing I have to ask here is, I mean, what is your solution to it? Any of this? I mean, that's something that you never see them do. They never want to give you a solution to the problem. They just want to talk about it being a problem. No situation is perfect. Nobody said adoption is perfect. I mean, I don't know where that person is. So when you don't present a solution, because obviously they don't have one, then all I'm left with is to basically look at what you said and argue against that and try to figure out what it is that you're talking about. So one of the biggest things that they brought up was that saying that black children are twice as likely to end up in foster care. Now, of course, they're using that and say, OK, well, this is true, so must be racist, right? But they don't ask why that's the case. OK, so that's the issue that you're seeing here. They never want to look at the actual reasoning as to why. I mean, they literally think that somehow like who's snatching these black kids out of houses and putting them in foster care. That's not what's taking place. What's happening is there's a very high single parent household rate in the black community. And a lot of them are growing up in poverty as a result of that. Okay. There's a reason. (laughs) There's always a reason it's a community issue. It always has been that issue So blaming the system on something that is black people's problem is ridiculous, as you have seen with many of these liberals that pretend to be so woke. The thing is is that she also says black kids are placed with white families most of the time. Okay. Maybe it's because of the fact that there aren't a lot of black people adopting black kids. I mean, black people do make up 13% of the population. We're talking about the fact that their poverty rates are really high. Single parent household rates very high. It would make sense that most of the people that are actually able to adopt them are probably most likely going to be people that are not 13% of the population, like white parents, which first of all, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, who cares about this? (laughs) Who is looking at this worried and being concerned about the race and everything? And I love how she just assumes as if, oh, they, you know, some of them back in the day, they took these black kids to these white families because they thought they were going to have a better life, which is so racist. No, what's racist is assuming that for some reason that black people just need to stick with their own thing and and never be able to give their child an opportunity to be successful. That's racist to me. Spoken like a true white liberal, as usual. Some of these people are the most racist people you'll ever meet, I'm telling you. But around 70% of black kids grow up in a single parent household. That's something that is a fact, it's a statistical fact, you can't ignore that, that needs to be taken into consideration when we're looking at these things. And the fact is that there's three easy steps that anybody can follow unless you've already passed these, but three easy steps that most people can follow to not end up in poverty. First of all, don't have kids out of wedlock, graduate high school and don't have kids before the age of 20. If you can do those three things, guaranteed pretty good chance you're not going to end up in poverty. There's like a, like 8% chance you might end up in poverty, but it's, that's extremely low versus if you do those three things, by the way, then there's an 80% chance that you will end up in poverty. So we have to look at those things because when you look at those three things, you're going to find that those three things most black people are lacking and that most white people are are actually or they have. So we have to look at that. Those statistics matter. You can't just ignore it and just chalk it up as races because that's the easiest thing to do. The other thing, too, is that um, the rate is beginning to fall for all races as well. And when we're looking at those three things and, and the single parent household rate, that that actually is going up. Like There's more... People in general, especially when we look over the, the last 70 years, of course, the black community is the worst right now, but it's starting to get worse even in the amongst white families as well. So we have to take that into consideration as well over, over the time period. But once again, to to bring race into this with absolutely no accountability is the typical Democrat lie. They always try to do this every single time to say that it's somebody else's fault, but not their own. It's clearly these the, the adoption system to blame, not the fact that black people are overwhelmingly too poor and, and and putting them in these systems to begin with. That's the big problem that you see with these people. And honestly, I don't know who in the world in their right mind would see that lady walk into an office somewhere and legitimately put allow her to have an adoption child, no matter how desperate they are it's always something you can see in these people's eyes. They're just crazy. They're out of their mind. They're trying so hard to be woke that they wanted to being the thing they claim every the system is, which is racist. They are. This lady is racist because she is the one that is trying to say that for some reason that you just there's no way for black people to have a better life through adoption. if that's something that the, the child needs that we must take that away while offering absolutely no solutions. So just let them live in poverty with no opportunity to succeed and yeah that's that's your typical white liberal right there so with that being said that's all i have for you on the show i thank you for watching or listening to this one uh if you are listening to this on apple Podcasts, just a quick reminder to uh leave a review for that as it does help the show out as well but with that being said i will see you on the next one